Hey, what's up everyone? This is episode 35 of Conversations That Don't Suck. I'm so excited about this one today. We have Jordan on the podcast. Jordan is one of my roommates here in the majestic city of San Francisco and she and I have lived together for two and a half years. I don't know why we haven't done a podcast episode with Jordan yet because we are just constantly having incredible conversations just from the moment I first met her. It's just been an endless, one long, endless stream of amazing conversations. So we finally sat down and hit record together. And we had this conversation with the assistance of Conversate. And Conversate is an amazing company that uh, was brought to my attention by one of the founders, Taylor. Taylor, shout out to you. Thank you for reaching out to me and for connecting and it's so great to get to know you and, and learn more about the amazing things that you're doing with Conversate. Um, so Conversate has conversation cards and y'all know I love my conversation cards and I'm often talking about the many different types of conversation tar- cards that I have uh, in my home and now this is another beautiful one to add and they're just incredible, um, incredible conversation topics, over 300 questions in any one of the uh, decks that you get. And they're all really interesting, universal topics that have a unique set of question prompts and just such amazing topics. We chose impermanence for my conversation with Jordan, but they have like really interesting ones. Everything from like family to serendipity to food to birthdays to minimalism to community to gratitude. It's just awesome. And the the branding is so beautiful and even comes with like a facilitation guide. So I'll put a link to Conversate in the show notes if you want to check them out. But it was so sweet to use this as a bit of a guide um, to another amazing conversation with Jordan, who I just love so much. And thank you, Jordan, for doing this. Um, And I'm, I'm glad we got to record something together. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone who participated in the very first Collective Unknown online gathering. It was so beautiful to have y'all there. And uh, if you weren't able to make it, they happen every other Thursday. So the next one will be October 15th. So not this Thursday, but the following. And uh, if you're listening to this on the day of the podcast episode release, which is October 5th, then today starts a new week uh, for the new question. So new question is up on the Collective Unknown website right now. It is collectiveunknown.com. And yeah, you can you can check that out there and you can answer it anonymously and read the responses of other folks who have responded. And uh, yeah, thank you so much to everyone who's been participating so far. It's been so beautiful seeing so many people signing up for this project and answering these questions and just, oh, wow, it's it's really been such a joy, such an honor to hold this space and uh, to create these these online spaces for you. So thank you, everyone. This has been a really sweet passion project so far. And we're just starting. Cool. All right, so let's dive into the episode with Jordan. I love y'all so much. Thank you for listening. We live in a world that is starved for more authentic connection. Better conversations are our first step in getting there. Welcome to Conversations That Don't Suck. I'm your host, Kyla Sokol Ward, and I'm here to engage you in truth-telling discussions about the super deep, always beautiful, sometimes ugly, and wholly honest parts of being a human. Real connection and empathic communication can feel easy and should be a part of our everyday lives. Most of our conversations suck. These ones don't. All right, Jordan, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here and just slightly nervous. We, <laughs> we live together, so we're both here anyway. But <laughs> um, Okay, so we have Conversate cards, and there are many um, 
uh, d- many different conversation topics. The one that I've chosen for our conversation is impermanence. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, actually, there are 10 questions here for us. Actually, 11, if you count the one on the front. Oh, yeah, I want to ask you this one. I'm going to not ask all of these, but you can also look at them and ask. We'll both answer some of these. But um, Jordan, do you want to say anything about just yourself and where you're at today? Yeah, I'd like to hear where you're at today before we start (laughs) asking questions. Okay. Well, I have told this to Kyla before that as much as I love conversations that don't suck, it makes me quite nervous to think about being on this podcast forever, which is so funny that you chose impermanence because... Even the foreverness of conversations that don't suck, like, it's okay if I say something weird on this interview. It's also temporary. I think that's where some of my nervousness comes from. So I'm feeling that in this very moment. I'm excited to have a good conversation with you. (laughs) Wait, I'm just so surprised to hear you say this because, like, you're so good at conversations and just talk. You're just good at talking. And I... Yeah, I mean, you you are good at the art of conversation, but just generally you're good at talking. And so I'm surprised to hear you say that you're nervous at all. And then also I'm like, what are you afraid you're going to say that like would like destroy your reputation or something? Like, like what is at stake? What is at stake right now? Oh, gosh. I mean, I guess that's the question. And I'm I'm nervous that, you know, I I preach about authenticity a lot. Kyla is like speaks to my soul. And we have a lot of this shared vocabulary around authenticity and relating and connecting. And I, I recently have started to uncover more like am I really going there all the time and I think part of my Mm. own filter which I can totally see might happen in this next conversation I don't know (laughs) I'm gonna try not to but is around this idea of just trying to still always be shaping the perception my people how people might perceive me it it's a whole mind game that is quite um Mm. what's what it's like basically pretty uh cocky I want a different word, but I don't know the other word. That, but yeah. like, it's pretty cocky because it, it it really places me as the center of knowing how everyone thinks. And so it, I feel like I can control how people think if I audit myself in certain ways. So uh-huh. anyways, that being said, I'd like to be better at just like sharing more openly and truly and not just sharing what I think people like to hear. I'm, I am good at that. I know I, do. <laughs> I, feel, I feel good at what, what people like to hear, but I really want to be just honest. So... I'm going to bring that into this conversation. I mean, it feels appropriate to do that with you, so. Feels right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's uh, let's dive in. I'm, I have a lot of things that buttons I want to press on everything you just said, but this, this is great so far. Okay. So the question on the front of the impermanence card is, if you were to get a new tattoo or other permanent mark on your body, what would it be? That's interesting. I'm like, what kind of permanent, like a mole? I don't know. Those aren't permanent. Are they? I don't know. That's gross. Anyways. <laughs> What would it be? Do you have an answer to this? Um, interest, interesting that that's the question. I know for impermanence. I, uh, I, so I do not have any tattoos. I grew up thinking I would never get a tattoo because that was very ingrained in me. Yeah. Um, but now as I've gotten older and I have so many cool friends with cool tattoos. So many cool friends. I mean, I, I do think that a tattoo <laughs> could be in my future, but that I've never like found something for long enough that I'd want so yeah in my head I don't I don't know nothing comes up because I don't I thought about it oh like okay maybe I could get a tattoo now that's my choice I could do it and I don't have one still so I don't have an answer do you have one not really I mean if someone told me I had to get a tattoo then I it would probably be something in Hebrew Mm. like maybe like a verse from the Torah or like not a whole fucking verse that's a lot but like I don't know a few words or something I don't know but 
yeah, I guess the idea of like inking something on my body doesn't feel uh, necessary to me. I like the idea of it. Like I think tattoos are really beautiful, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't necessarily feel the need to like put it on my body, but mm-hmm. if I had to, it'd probably be something in Hebrew. I like the idea of getting something that definitely has many meanings, blah, 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 significant. <laughs> but I, I, I can imagine that if it's um, cryptic enough, like everyone will ask me, like, what does this yes. mean? And so I'd want something that I can really feel like whatever my answer is going to have to be forever. It, it, <sighs> I can change my answer, but that I won't get annoyed, that I'll just really enjoy answering every time. Like, this is what it means to me. True. And that every time someone asks me, I get to just revel in like that significance in my life and that's why I got that tattoo um or come up with some other lie every time that like every time every time a new lie and just enjoy that I'll be the only one who ever knows you know that's interesting though that like yeah I guess I never thought of that like how sick people must be people with tattoos how sick they must get of like answering that question every time but it's interesting like something that has many meanings or interpretations Mm -hmm. like I feel I could see you really enjoying something like that of like, well, here's what it means to me. What does it mean to you? Yeah. And like, or today just, it means this to me. Yes. Like this just happened. So now it means this to me, which I like that is if you're thinking enough about something that'll always be an option, but we don't always go there. I don't always go there. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. often try and go there. Yeah, she does. Much to the eye rolls of my sister and ah, other people in my life. Lol. <laughs> Shout out to Carly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, interesting. I'm oh, I also want to let you look at these, but I'll just ask the first one. What drives our attraction to stability or to change? Why do you think some people relish change and others resist? I'm actually not super interested in what we think about other people, but I am curious about like what like what drives you to stability or change? What drives me to stability or change? Hmm. Why would you relish change or resist it? Well, I mean, I, I think for I think my approach to this conversation in general is going to be a lot about saying what first comes to my mind. I Word. think that's going to be my best way to n- to not try and outmaneuver everyone out, how everyone else might interpret what I'm saying. Just I'm just going to say what comes yeah, to my mind. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, so, so first thing that came to mind is what drives me towards stability is control. You know, is to have a sense of control mm-hmm. over what might be happening. To know, to, it's more stability to me. Maybe I'm feeling it's synonymous with like predictability. Yeah. So I feel like if I know um, who, you know, the relationships I am putting energy into, like I'll have more control over where my energy is going or with a, with a career path or yeah. with my own, like what I decided that I care about today in this moment. What what issue do I want to dedicate my life to? And today? I don't know. Um, so that feels like it's part of the answer around stability for me. And change, I think for me, often comes when I'm just – tired I'm tired of the predictable it's almost like when I become so tired of that predictability that I'm ready for something new or when I feel brave enough to just take on the world in a new way that normally drives me to say like I want to get in a plane and go somewhere new I want to invest in a new um learning in my life or Mm. something new those are the first things that come to mind and you know I think all these questions are good enough questions that there's so many layers to them if you if you dive deeper. Mm-hmm. But that's I that's the first thing. That's great. I don't even want to answer that because I feel like you just <laughs> said it so well. Like I have nothing really profound to ask. Okay, well then that's I'm great. Ask you can choose one. the next one. I haven't read any of these questions, so. Oh. Oh gosh. Oh, I'm just gonna. What? I'm just going straight to the last question. Let's now. do it. <laughs> which is so great. Which is what, if anything, lasts forever? Oh God. Dang it. Uh, I know, just dive right in. 
uh, the first thing that came to my mind is the Maroon 5 song, Nothing Lasts Forever. And I'm just being <laughs> serenaded by Adam Levine's angelic voice. Um, what if anything lasts forever? I mean, I don't know. My first cliched thought is like love. But it's... Yeah, I guess like love in the in the larger ethereal sense of it and not the... Okay. My thoughts around love in in its general sense and not like I'm not strictly talking romantic love, but love lasts forever but changes form just constantly, just all the time. Not mm-hmm. just like, oh, when a new relationship starts or ends or when a person dies or is born, it's just like always changing. And mm-hmm. so that seems like a constant, but I don't know, that almost like doesn't feel satisfying to me to answer that way. Like, yeah, I mean, generally I want to say like nothing, like truly yeah. nothing yeah. lasts forever. And yeah, no one's memory lasts forever. And I mean, it's, okay, so Jordan and I just watched Hamilton. And I'm thinking of this even of like, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. And it's I'm like, so happy we're talking yeah, about Hamilton already. Like, <laughs> finally get into Hamilton. It's been nine minutes. Um, okay. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking about like Alexander Hamilton <laughs> as one person. And like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But if like, I don't know, like, is his memory lasting forever because there are all these books written about him and all these stories and so many people know who he is from textbooks and from musicals and all this shit. It's like, I don't know, do we know who Alexander Alexander Hamilton was? Like, no one who is alive now was alive when he was around. Mm-hmm. And so, like, do we really know who he is? We just have these, like, stories and stories and stories. And are those ever accurate representations of, like, who a person is? Does that mean Alexander Hamilton is lasting forever? Like, can that be true for any of us? Like, mm-hmm. I don't really know, and I don't... It feels a little sad, but, mo- like, it mostly doesn't feel sad to me, though. I'm just, like, I don't... Just nothing lasts forever, and, like, that mm-hmm. feels okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're speak Like, even what you're just saying right now to me is, like, maybe someone's memory is going on a lot longer than their physical body and yeah. experiences in the world, but even that is shifting or what is what is that even really so when I think yeah does anything last forever I also kind of in your boat of like no it doesn't and like and then there's this other side of me of course that wants to be like and and yet what is time it's all timeless it's all whatever's happening right now is lasting forever because it's kind of like in the imprint of the DNA of existence yeah like like in the way that yeah, we can have, have relationships with people and that your relationship with them might end, but that it's impacted you at your core in a way that you bring it into the next iteration of who you are. Same thing with like anything happening on earth or in the universe ever. I mean, it's a big, <laughs> it's a big one to say, but so I, I both feel like it's either nothing or it's everything. True. You, you know, like it's nothing lasts forever or like this is all happening forever. Like, yeah, do it wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. And it is interesting of like, I don't know, when we're thinking about death, and death is often the thing I'm thinking about with Jordan, yeah. because Jordan is often thinking about death, it seems. Yeah. Um, we can get into that also. People are like, why the fuck is she always thinking about death? We can talk about it. But um, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. When we think about like death and this person's physical body isn't here and like they're not here to like voice their thoughts and feelings anymore, like from their physical mouth, but... I don't know. Yeah, just, like, what is time? Like, does is, like, the death of someone's body mean, like, that time is over? Like, oh, they were mm-hmm. alive and then they were dead. Like, I don't... Yeah, it's all just a construct that we've made of, like, mm-hmm. what time is and when things are, like, 
over basically like what does that mean what does it mean for something to be over okay thing that just came to my head okay <laughs> being in a forest farm that does that make sense tree farm i was on a tree farm and i saw this tree dying the tree was dying or was decomposing and around it there were other trees that were growing and like the the dying tree was seemingly helping the soil of the trees that were living and it was just mm. i looked at this and i was like it's all living. Like even this dying tree is still alive. It's like, I mean, it sounds, I, it it sounds like the things that my dad would probably tell me and I'd be like, okay, dad, you know, whatever. But, and I, and I love, I love him. Hi dad. If you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, I just, yeah. When I look at that tree and I'm like, at what point did that tree die? If it's still alive right now in a way, you know, or if it's still part of life, it's still part of life happening. And even this idea, like, even as we die, if we're, you know, if we were to be buried or whatever happens to our bodies next, or just, like, everything, or, like we said, if we're imprinting, like, kind of the souls around us through our experiences, how, when do do they die? When I think of my grandparents, like, have they died? And, you know, in one form, yes, and and in other forms, absolutely not. It's very alive for me whenever I, like, Mm -hmm. say a prayer during Shabbat, honestly. Whenever I sit with my friends and talk about, you know, my childhood, they were such a big part of it. So they're still very much living in some ways. Um, So it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, gosh, that is interesting. Yeah, and people use this phrase like, oh, this person lives on Yeah. in your memory. They live on in the trees. They live on in your writing, whatever. And yeah, like what What does it all mean? Well, I think there's pieces of it that are very unsatisfying to me. To hear that, it can be very unsatisfying if what I'm really craving is someone, a conversation with someone or to be hugged by my grandma. Like that's, it's not always going to cut it when someone's like, just think about that time then you, you know, she showed up at your... 12 year old birthday party you know like that's not always yeah that doesn't satiate necessarily in the ways of um like love or connection that maybe i'm desiring in a certain moment yeah but there is truth to it like the the real answer is that like there is a lot of truth to that and that it can bring a lot of comfort to me at least when i you know think about people's memory even when i think about friendships that are not part of my life right now they're very they're dear people in my life but like they're not neighbors and we're in the middle of a pandemic and I'm only seeing very few people like there's still you know all these ways that we're constantly Mm -hmm. living on with each other and impacting each other but not always in uh well it's it's always just changing how that's happening yeah 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 do you want to name what your relationship is with death, both in your like personal and professional world before we keep going? Yeah, that was a nice like cliffhanger in the beginning. Jordan thinks about death. Jordan all the thinks time. about death constantly, I really do. everyone. Oh, I think about it so much. Um, yeah, so it comes up in a couple different ways, but I've all, I'm, you know, Kyla and I have talked a lot about this. I'm very fascinated with the human experience. Done, period. In that human experience, death is a pretty big part of it. And so it comes up, you know, people who have passed who are in my life or in other people's lives, how that's impacted them. And then that's led me into some of the world and work of being around. Wait, what's how am I saying this? It's led me to some work um, with end of life and Mm. being in that space. I am so grateful. I work with a nonprofit called You're Going to Die. And so part of that is. A lot. I mean, it's taken different shapes with COVID right now, but having a space for people to connect in creative ways to talk about death and dying and our shared mortality. So think of it like an open mic and the theme is death. Um, and then I've 
continued to work with them and specifically actually bringing that context into prisons and doing that work inside prisons and how that maybe is different or what other things come up with that topic, impermanence even, when we think about being incarcerated. You know, how has your story been shaped or is, you know, you're very much told what you can and can't do when you're incarcerated and how death plays a role, whether someone's died and you can't show up to their funeral or whether even the idea of like when someone who you've lived next to or maybe shared a, you know, shared living quarters with for 20 years and then they are released. Um, yeah. That that feels like a death often. You know, we we go into all sorts of different ways and metaphors with it, but that's taken a big role in my life. And then and I've been able to work as a hospice volunteer. And so working with people who are in the end of life, not just working, um, connect, yeah, connecting with people in the end of life and really just having honest conversations about their experience in end of life or just about living while they happen to be in the end of life, which is just mm. wild to me sometimes. I get off those phone calls and I'm like, what? what is this all about? I mean, what, you know, and even with all that though, I have noticed that I both think about death so much. I think about it with myself in some ways, but I also like have my own shit. I really need to still get into around Mm. do, you know, what are my fears around this? Where, where can I still let go? There's a lot of room to still keep letting go. Yeah. I mean, there, I, yeah, that seems like a common theme with most people, but I can definitely speak for my own self, but even being like so closely in those worlds and it comes up in a work setting or whatever, volunteering, but you know, am I comfortable with death? Sometimes, but Mm. normally like there's a lot, there's still a lot that comes up. So yeah. Yeah. I'm curious actually if any of these cards specifically, or sorry, if the questions on this card speak specifically to death or impermanence, can I ask you one? Yeah. Um, actually before you do I'll just say something in reflection to what you just said of like yeah I think since living with you I guess you got involved with you were going to die like shortly after we moved in together is that right Mm -hmm. it was actually like right before but oh right before that's right well actually no it might have been yes it was right around that time yeah you like went to your first one Yeah. yeah and like I think since then, not I think, like I have become so much more comfortable with the Mm. idea of death since just like having you in my life and having you talk about death so much and like always be reflecting on it. And also still like if I was at like 0% acceptance, I'm at like five right now, which is really great. And like a lot, like it's a lot, it's a big (laughs) jump in a couple of years, but it's, yeah, it's been like so beautiful to like reflect on that and that I wrote like I like wrote a living will last yeah. year or this yeah. year I think it was this year mm-hmm. and yeah like that's a big fucking deal to like ign- like acknowledge that I'm gonna die and like want and yeah want my siblings to be left with something afterwards mm-hmm. like yeah of just like I could die before all of you like I don't know we don't yeah. know and to just acknowledge that like that could really happen and yeah to like make sure my siblings like know certain things about myself and of like this is like if uh, I should be killed in this way, like, here's what I want you to do with my body or, mm-hmm. like, here's how I want you to, like, resuscitate me or not, given, like, yeah. how I might be, what kind of state my body might be in. And, yeah, like, legit things that, like, you really do want people to know about. You want to know about the people that you love. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm really grateful that that you've been in my life for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons. But, like, this this being one of them that, yeah, now I can, like, talk about death more. And That's like, awesome. that was not a thing. Gosh, I, remember, I think I've said this to you maybe, but the <laughs> the first time I went to You're Going to Die, this was, I think it was like June of 2018 was the first time I went. And at the beginning of this open mic, Ned, 
Ned Buskirk, who is the uh, person who, like, runs this whole thing. And uh, he opens every show and he has everyone in the audience say, I'm going to die. Like, in as a chorus, we all say, <laughs> I'm going to die. And I remember the first time I went, I was, like, so offended that he, like, made everyone say that. I was like, <laughs> really? what the... F-? I was like, well, I wasn't going to die, but now this dude made me say that. And, like, what the... Like, that is so great. Like, as if oh, he, like, gosh. made me manifest my own death that wasn't coming before. Now it is. And I was, like, so upset. I was like, this is not... This does not feel good to say this. Whoa, and, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, who is this? Like, who the fuck do you think he is making us all say this? Totally. Gosh, you're not alone in that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not alone in that. And it's... it's incredibly confronting yeah it's and also this is what i'm saying i've been to so many shows i've let i've like helped <laughs> leading them and even me I, I sometimes wonder if i really take it seriously when yeah. i say yeah do i really sit and just when i say i'm going to die do i really like allow that to be true and fully accept that Ugh. i don't and i don't even i don't totally know the answer yeah some days it feels really clear that I'm not accepting it. Yeah. <laughs> some days that feels very clear. And then some days I'm like, maybe that was closer to what it would feel like to just be at peace with that fact. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but it, it really, it comes up. It's super confronting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, yeah, just one of those things. It's like saying like, oh, I, I know what it's going to be like to be a parent. Yeah. And like, I would say being a parent is probably a fuck ton less confronting than like dying. I don't really I don't know. know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing here, but like, like I think, well, I actually think, okay, let's do some beautiful metaphors right now. Okay. Be- being a parent, from my understanding, what I would expect for it in my life is very much like dying. It's very much a death of who you are. God, and then there's yeah. a rebirth of someone new. And I think that concept of like, for me, when I think of death, I think of rebirth, like every time, yeah. really, even my own physical death one day, you know, whatever everything like there's rebirth in every moment there's rebirth there's death and rebirth with each breath that we have yeah. you know that feels clear so even with the impermanence piece there is like this there's other there's another side of it that's like everything's impermanent and like everything is changing and because everything's impermanent everything is coming into life all the time like it's all shifting so even if it's going from like death it's part the tree decomposing and living again like us dying and whatever you believe in comes next happening next like yeah at least yeah that that's that's what i believe and it's interesting because i have new beliefs sometimes that's kind of wild yeah even like even our right even our thoughts are are impermanent well obviously that even i think Mm. both you and i had a chance to sit on vipassana courses and Holy shit, you know. Holy shit. Impermanence <laughs> really comes up then when the, bo- yeah. both the feeling of foreverness to sit one hour or two hours, let alone 14 in a day, but like to sit is like, this is forever. This is eternity in this moment. Yeah. And it to- it's all passing. It's all yeah. arising and passing, arising and passing. It's yeah. bizarre. It's yeah. so bizarre. Yeah. I think even, like, this whole conversation has come up for me a lot in the past few weeks, like, with all the fires happening in the Bay Area or just in Northern California. And, like, yeah, even the last few days when I, like, hadn't gone outside in three, four days and I'm like, oh, this is so miserable. It's, like, lasting forever. Like, when are the fires going to be over? And I just kept thinking, like, this, like, this too shall pass. Like, it's just not going to last forever. And it, yeah, it takes away so much of the suffering. It's, like, it's unpleasant, but, like, okay. And, like, 
it eventually it won't be and then mm-hmm. not having this attachment to like well when is it get, like wanting this certain certainty which like we never get to have with impermanence like oh, yeah. yeah the only certainty is uncertainty and, yeah. yeah and it's it's a cool place to be <laughs> yeah what helps you find what helps you find it to be like a cool place or an exciting place versus a dreaded place uh I'm assuming Honestly. dreaded sometimes. Yeah. Oh, totally, that totally. No, that anything like me. feels right. <laughs> Honestly, I just think about myself on my deathbed, like, a lot in these types mm-hmm. of instances of, like, mm-hmm. am I going to be that upset that, like, I spent a week indoors mm-hmm. when it was, yeah, like, not totally of my own choice, when it was, like, maybe not so healthy for me to be outside for much yeah. of the day. Like, it just, like, won't matter. It just won't fucking matter. And I... I don't know. I. It's all a balance of just like, yeah. when is the deathbed coming, and like how how do we balance responsibility with freedom and with choice and all these things? And I actually almost chose the freedom card with conversation because there were some really oh. interesting questions around that of like when is it responsible to be free and when is it not and or something like that and Whoa. yeah I don't know I have a lot of questions around that of like how much money should I be saving and like does it fuck it like could I be dead next week and like I will not have given a shit whether or not yeah. I had like a hundred thousand dollars in my savings account but yeah and then another part of me is like I don't know if I live till I'm 90 I might like really fuck myself over if I like don't have a hundred thousand dollars or yeah. a lot more than that in my savings account so yeah these are all big questions I guess when you when you talk like that though there's the part of me that really wants to know how it all play. Like, the part of me that wants to play the all-knowing role. Yeah. Just know it all. And then there's another part that, like, is able to just let go because it's clear that there's way too much that I cannot know. Yeah, Like, way I too can't much. know when I'm going to die. When I'm going to die is, like, one little factor, honestly. Like, in this conversation, it feels big, but, like, my everyday, that's not what's really coming up. It's, like... When am I going to move? Is How's my relationship going? I mean, like, did I call my mom recently enough? Like, there's yes. so many other things. And it's like all from the very, very big questions to the very small ones. There's so much unknown that you almost, when I really, like, step into it, then I'm able to just surrender because it's just so ridiculous how much I'm trying to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, if, yeah. if, if I'm not going to know it all, then I can actually just let go of it all. Yeah. Because... There's too much unknown. It's all yeah. unknown. It's, it's, all unknown. it's all unknown. It's it's so crazy. And I mean, there's all the extreme examples, but like something wild could happen in this moment that could make even the most obvious or what we think might be known, like we're gonna finish this interview right now. <laughs> make that not happen. Yeah. Like we don't yeah. we don't know. So it's good to kind of be humbled. <laughs> like yeah. by our small and like amazing role in the world. But yeah shit next question next please question. <laughs> okay um oh okay thinking back to your childhood how did you learn to understand the ever-changing nature of the world around you gosh what a great question how as a child you understand the ever-changing world around you I saw this question before we started talking and I was trying to think. I really can't think of anything specific or general that helped me <laughs> to understand. I have no thoughts on this. Absolutely no understanding that the world was ever-changing. I, I don't know, like, seasons, question mark? Seasons like, are, I guess. Seasons like, are great. That's, that's a, a good one. I, I guess mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like I've always been a person that's like, 
very affected by the weather and yeah I think there there was always something like yeah I remember even as a kid feeling like a lot of sweetness like those first few warm Mm -hmm. days of the spring Mm -hmm. when like people get to wear shorts and like everyone's outside like you get to go play in the cul-de-sac and Mm -hmm. these types of things um I'm trying to think of like some other stuff I don't know there this is like a silly example but um this I think it was you that I was saying this to that like I know it was because we're talking about the Backstreet Boys okay (laughs) this is gonna come full circle everyone (laughs) we're talking about the Backstreet Boys um it was this was probably like 1997 question mark when the Backstreet Boys were on TRL on Total Request Live on on, what what was that MTV Uh, it must have been yeah they only played music on MTV or R.I.P. No, it's definitely MTV. Okay. Okay, so they were on TRL, and I remember they saying, um, uh, all I have to give. And and I cried. I was five years old, and I cried listening to the song. And I remember, like, you know, these Backstreet Boys. <laughs> you were such a feeler. <laughs> like, such I'm, a feeler. Like, even at five years old, you're crying. I'm like, this song is so, so beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's just so, no, I, my, my beautifulness is thinking about you crying to it, but you can be thinking about the song. That's funny. Okay. But, but they're okay. beautiful. But it, I think there was just this sense of, like, I don't know how old the Backstreet Boys are generally. I would guess they're in their 40s, but now, but... They were like whatever, eighteen or something when they were on TRL, and like I don't know. I just remember like looking at these boys and being and just you know, of course they seem so old to me when I'm fucking seven, five years old or whatever, um, and just having this sense of like, wow, they've like lived a life, which is hilarious. <laughs> but like, like they've like lived a life and they've like fallen in love and they like wrote this music oh that God. like really means something and, and like. <laughs> I mean, truly, this is so amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's but just, yeah, having a sense of, like, wow, they understand something about love that, like, I don't yet. But, like, there's something yes. really beautiful about it. And, like, yeah, I don't – and that, like, oh, they – like, they love and then and then you get heartbroken. And, of course, it all seems so, like, big and romantic. Right. It is big and romantic yeah. even when it does happen to you. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think things like that, like, yeah. observing people who are older than me and really romanticizing everything about their life. But – yeah, just sensing that there was, like, so much I didn't yet understand mm-hmm. and, like, really wanting to know, like, really mm-hmm. wanting to have, like, lived a full and rich life. I think I've always, yeah. like, really felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Does that answer that question I mean, at full, all? Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, so it certainly answers something. It answers <laughs> Y'all, something. I don't it's know. amazing. I just I, wanted to talk I, about the Backstreet Boys, okay? I love that so much. Oh, gosh. Okay, so I... I Somehow I was going to try and bring it back to Hamilton just now. I think I'm just going to skip. I'm going to skip that thought. I'm going to go to a new question. We'll do a that, Hamilton podcast later. <laughs> that is awesome, though. And I, I do want to just say, like, appreciating appreciating the nature side of it. This, the question says ever-changing nature. And, mm. you know, there's a lot of different ways that we bring in nature. But when you spoke of the seasons, like, that is super true to me, too. Like, growing up yeah. in a place where there were four seasons, it's very distinct. Like, that – I wonder, actually, how that played a role in my life, unknowingly. Mm-hmm. I mean, this talks about – knowingly I guess well how did you learn it so sometimes you learn things just almost just by witnessing and by experiencing it over time and totally that I mean that was a thing you can expect you just you see the world changing around you yeah all the time it is oh it is constantly changing and that's actually a total mind game for me living in San Francisco right where it seems like most of the year it's just fog with a side of fog but fog yeah um okay I want to (laughs) another one was there one on here that you had seen earlier and you were like we definitely need to talk about that Mm. 
Oh, I like number seven. When do you most notice the passing of time? When do you most notice the passing of time? For me, it's when I visit my parents. Interesting. It scares the shit out of me. Interesting. For sure, because I... Yeah, they probably won't listen to this. Like, because I see them getting older, like, so visibly. And it's, like, a new thing in my life that I can... Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit. Like, you, you legitimately look older than the last time that I saw you. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe they feel that way about me. I would imagine yeah. parents do feel that way about totally. their kids when they're, yeah, when they see me once a year. Like, they're like, wow, my baby is, like, getting big. And, like, I'm turning 28 in a few days. And my mom is, like, I got married at 20. Or, you know, I mean, yeah. she, she got married at 30. Whatever. She was, like, dating my person she eventually married. And I'm, like, so not doing that yet. <laughs> and she's, I don't know. I don't know. Age is weird. But yeah. anyways, yeah, I think for me that's the craziest thing. And especially now, like, we both you and I have lost our last living grandparent within mm-hmm. the last year and like that also brought up like a big thing for me of like holy shit like my parents are the old generation now mm-hmm. and like they're gonna die next mm-hmm. maybe and yeah that's that's been a big confronting thing of like wow like they're gonna get old and I'm gonna have to take care of them and they're gonna become senile and like and all these things like they're not gonna they're, High hopes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of stubborn people. So I can, and if they follow in their parents' footsteps, they will also be stubborn, stubborn elderly people. But anyways, yeah, I don't know. It's like seeing my parents and like watching them get older and be like, wow, like your hair is really, really gray now. And like you have wrinkles where like you did not last time I saw you. And like, fuck, now I'm older too. And like, yeah. I'm becoming a real ass adult. Of, I mean, maybe, not really, yeah. but like somewhere <laughs> age-wise I am. And yeah, it's really, I think that's that's the biggest thing for me, is mm-hmm. being with my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about for you? Oh, wait, one other follow-up from that. Okay. Do you feel that way with your siblings, too? <sighs> Not as much. I think, like, maybe when my younger siblings have birthdays, I feel it. Yeah. Like, my little brother in July turned 23, and I'm like, I was just 23. Like, how yeah. is that possible that he's 23? Like. Yeah. It's so crazy to me. And, and like, they seem so little to me. I'm like, he's yeah. my little baby brother. Like, but he's 23. Like, holy shit. That's a legitimate adult age. Like, that's yeah. crazy. And so stuff like that is is pretty wild to me. Yeah. Just like, oh, like, that was just me. But, like, now I'm much older than you. And it's so weird. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, family. That's interesting to bring that <laughs> up. With, like, noticing the fact. It, it's so interesting, too, because, like, they're, at least in both of our lives, like, the people who have really been with us from the beginning till now they're they're really in it for the long haul it seems seems that way um you know so they're people who you have this maybe somewhere in your body even like you remember them at two or you yeah. remember them at 20 like you, you've you've all, we've also seen our parents almost at our age or yeah know, i mean that's an amazing memory if you can remember <laughs> that but but it is kind of true which is actually crazy i've never said that out loud that's fucking insane that, yeah, I, I met my mom when she was 28, I think. How, she I think she was around that age when she had me. Some, something like that. But that's wild that there's something within me. There's a memory. Or I don't know. Some, yeah. Something like my relationship with her started when she's my age. That's wild. Anywho. Um, okay, so the passing of time for me. <laughs> um, most noticed the passing of time. Well, I interpreted this both ways. Of like it 
quick or slow. Mm-hmm. So wait, that's a delicious way. Okay, yeah. we'll get back. Go, well, go, so yeah. so a couple things came up. One, just now again, vipassana, like med- during meditation, for me, a practice I am still so just learning a little little mm-hmm. baby learning. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think about how all of a sudden, oh gosh, I thought this when just sitting an hour sit, which is rare for me these days but during some of the longer like the courses I've done I'm like this is the longest hour of my life I mean this is truly like not all hours are created equally yeah like this is time like it's just so weird it's wacky so I do know I definitely notice the passing of time lack thereof or not you know whatever when I'm meditating often which I think part of me also would like to kind of get past that um or maybe not be so time oriented, obviously, when mm-hmm. I'm just sitting with myself or just breathing. But yeah, those are things that maybe will come with more practice. But that comes up. I also think about people being with people I love, like, like when I'm just like laying in bed with someone I love, you know, uh, like, like that time passes so fast to me. Yeah, like, what the well, fuck it's, is both, that? it's both. It's both. Sometimes totally. it can be super slow, but normally I'm like, what the heck? When I think about that hour meditating, I'm like, why did that take forever? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is so fast. You know, or, or when you're waiting in anticipation for someone to come home or like yeah. whatever it is. Like, the, it's so interesting. The passing of time uh, has all these variations, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. Or like when you're on, when, when we've been able to travel a decent amount, you know, feel very grateful for that. And like being in the middle of a, uh, of a spending time abroad and then, that whole like how long have I been away when am I coming home at what at different points it feels totally different like when it first starts out you have your whole freaking life ahead of you yes. and at the end you're like I can't you know it either feels like it's been lifetimes or that you just left uh, the whole passing of time certainly fits well with impermanence but it's just it doesn't it's it's not a simple formula for me I have noticed that yeah like it it's not all equal even and even this even comparing the same thing like even sitting a meditation like for 20 minutes the two 20 minute periods can feel totally different and so even that's bizarre or like you know going home and then or working at a job that you don't want to work at oh my gosh the minutes like every minute you're literally like this second is just slower yeah. That was a slower second than the one before. I can't believe that. Yeah. And then when you and then with me, like as I get older, every birthday, I'm like, gosh, that year was so bad. It's just it's so yeah. funny how it all works out. I'm sure also like parenting does that all the time. The trip yeah. of the net you know, where they say like the days are long but the years are short. And that totally resonates with I mean, I'm not a parent. But yeah. Resonates, totally resonates with, me with me as a non parent. <laughs> yeah, but I could imagine that, you know, I, I feel that in certain parts of my life. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I love what you, like, when you're lying in bed with someone you love or you're waiting for someone, yeah, waiting for anything. Oh, yeah. my God. Or just, yeah, like, really relishing a moment. And yeah. you're just, like, th- yeah, there is this, like, keen awareness. For me, like, yeah, very keen awareness of time passing or just, like, the existence of time, like, in mm-hmm. that moment of, yeah, even, uh, I don't know, I think, and I've said this to you, several times before that like you you are someone who I who strikes me as like so aware of how like this exact moment in your life is a reflection of all the other moments in your life like those that were those that were not those that will be and maybe mm-hmm. will not be it's just like you are such a good orienter of time in that mm-hmm. way and so and I think about it a lot especially in romantic relationships because they are so they can be so profound and just like intense for the heart and like I think about I don't know I'm just like isn't it crazy that like we're both here and we're just like in this bed together and we like found each other and like does that even like 
I don't even know how I feel about that. We're like, we found, I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah, I don't know that we're both just here and we're both like old enough to do this now. And like, <laughs> like I think about this all the time. You know, it's so <laughs> funny. To be? No, totally. You know, it's so funny. I said this to Ryan. Ryan's going to be on the podcast eventually soon. Maybe he doesn't want me to say this, but I'm going to anyway. Um, I was saying, I was like, you know, it's something I think about so much in like sexual relationships is like at this age, it's like, wow, we're both like old enough to be like naked in a bed together. And like, and we're like good at this now, you know, it's like 10 years ago. I could not say I was good at this. Like I'd be fucking lying. But I'm like, so would anyone else at that age. And like, I'm like, wow, we've both like done this before. You know, it's not our first rodeo. And now we're both like old enough to just like be good at this and like confident about it and to like feel, and it's not, I don't know. It's something I just don't take for granted of like how crazy it feels to like cuddle with someone for the first time when you're like 17 or whatever age you start cuddling people. And <laughs> some, some of us older or younger, but whatever. Um, and I just don't take it for like it still feels that exciting to me of like, wow, I just like love touching a person that I love. It's yeah. like so sweet and beautiful and yeah, God, I hope that never dies. That's That also like reminds me of passing a time of like, yeah, I would imagine that does fade. The excitement mm-hmm. of that does fade. But I, like, really don't want it to, and it scares me. And I it, I don't know. Part of me is, like, am I super wise for feeling that way, or am I just super naive? I don't know. Ugh. Super wise or super naive? Those are two extremes of it. I mean, I think it's just real. It's a real... Who doesn't... Well... <laughs> I think I'm thinking, I'm thinking I think it's very common and I share that also of like a little bit of concern or I, I put sometimes thought about my future self maybe 10 years from now how I might feel so deep into a relationship and how it'll be so different than that first 10 days of my relationship when it was you know and I'm like I should probably spend more time just being here now totally yeah right that, that so that I think so I but I think it's really normal what you just spoke to but I think I for me, what I keep coming back to recently is, well, what is what do I feel right now? How yeah. am I doing right now? And maybe I can just focus that there and 10 years from now or some t- other time in my life when I've been potentially in a relationship for decades and that'll be the first time I've ever done that. Yeah. In that way, you know, like I'll just have the wisdom of whatever that presentness is bringing. Yeah. But I, I mean, I can to Gosh. predict it now or to try, I mean... Gosh, there's so much room for therapy, really. <laughs> really like therapy just to try and make that feel a little bit better. But um, but yeah, so much room for. Therapy. But right now, I think just like bringing it back to the present moment. Shit. It's so funny with impermanence as like the topic too, though. Like, where does impermanence play a role in being present? Like, it's it yeah. is a constant surrender almost. To yes. Just, even right now is fleeting, but yes. it's now. So it's like it's it's all we have, and yet yes. it's also fleeting. It's yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that, really. There's a great Torah verse on this that's Ooh. read during Sukkot, Ooh. which is happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. I think I won't get into the whole... We'll do a Torah study on a separate <laughs> podcast episode. Okay, so we have Hamilton and Torah study coming up on the podcast, everyone. <laughs> um, no, but I don't know. Yeah, with impermanence, it's like... Yeah, that, like, finitude is, like, what makes life sweet. Mm -hmm. And, like, the fact that everything will die and everything... Yeah, like, we're not going to be this age Mm -hmm. ever again. And we're not going to, like, live together forever. And even if we do... I know! (laughs) But... (laughs) But... Yeah, I don't know. Even, like, what you said the other day, that, like, we've grown... 
I was about to say we've grown up together, but like in so yeah, like we've oh grown gosh. up together <laughs> in some way. Like we've lived together for what two and a half years, yeah. and and yeah, that like we've seen each other through like some pretty like milestone years of our lives, like Definitely. foundational milestone years, and that's crazy. And that like that'll never happen again in the it'll way that no, it did. Well, it'll never happen again, and like also it's always happening. Like when yeah. are we gonna reflect and be like that wasn't a milestone year? You know, even yeah. as you get older, even if we all make it to eighty, like. Um, 80, 80 to 82 milestone years. Yeah. You know, like you made it to 80 to 82. What's, what's happening in your body then? What's happening in your mind then? What wisdom are you bringing to the people around you in that moment in your life? Like it's all a milestone. I mean, maybe I live in this generation or like in this era of everyone gets a gold star and that's what I'm speaking to. But there's a part of me that's like, it is all remarkable. Yes. It's all remarkable. What does that mean ultimately? That it's, it doesn't mean ultimately that everything's insignificant somehow too, if it's all remarkable. I don't know. Maybe. But it feels like it's all just remarkable. Like yeah. this is a freaking miracle that we're all here. What are we doing here? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know? And it's so great. I mean, it's great. It's devastatingly heartbreaking at times. And it's so, it's so wondrous and expansive and uncertain. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh so good wow we've been talking okay we've been talking for 45 minutes oh, we gotta we gotta stop should we, should we close up <laughs> we gotta stop um well jordan <laughs> this is so beautiful i mean we got these cards in our home now thank you conversate and um I mean, not that we needed these cards to have a dope conversation because you and I do this just all day, every day for the last two and a half years, but this has also been super beautiful to have a conversation about impermanence with you, and I love you, and I'm so grateful for you. I love you, too. This was really wonderful. It was really fun. Yeah. It wasn't as scary, actually, as I thought it was. You did it! (laughs) (laughs) She's gonna be famous! (laughs) Cool. All right. Thank you so much for having me here, though. Thanks, Jordan. All right, y'all, that was the episode with Jordan. Again, these uh, cards that we were using come from Conversate, and the link for that is in the show notes. Thank you again so much for listening, and I will be back next week with the next episode. I love you.